You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put it in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings stay away? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who was the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's vote when the bean. Who's that out there living they dream? Let's vote when the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's vote and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's vote and the bean. You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know what DraftKings stay awake? Let be. So who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's bow and the bean. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's bow and the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's bow and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's bow and the bean. Welcome back, everybody. Another great weekend in the wraps. It was a hairy fight night finale that we went through, but I think 218 totally shined and had uh, a lot of eventful stuff go on during the weekend. So we're just going to here recap it all on this show. We're going to give you a breakdown a little bit later, but as of right now, we're just going to kind of go over what ended up happening Friday and Saturday night. So Friday ended up happening, the weight cut. We talked about Rockton Modifier stepping in last minute decision. And there was actually some really good highlights throughout the night. Initially, there was an upset with Whitmire versus Robertson. There was a first round submission via armbar. And this night, immediately within the first five fights, actually ended up um, tying the UFC record for most submissions in a one event. The record is four, and there was four arm bars this fight night. Just, I don't know what that proves, but it was all the lighter lady 125 contenders. Um, just kind of shows you where that division's at right now with that. Is that the Ronda Rousey stage? I think that's a that's a good point. That's a good analogy. It, it totally is in its Ronda Rousey infancy stages. Anything you had to put about for that Whitmire-Robertson fight? No, nope. yeah, nothing to remember. They're all gonna fight each other anyway, so I don't think we have to get it too in depth. With I know these. I did okay. I got seven of eleven on this fight night, and mm -hmm. I hi everyone. I just started talking all of a sudden, but I have no. I can't pat myself on the back at all because I just pick like I like her outfit. Click or I should have watched this tough house. I just wasn't inter either. I wasn't interested or I didn't have the time in my MMA life. It like wasn't I only a, just you. Yeah, it, like it I give a lot of hours to MMA, and if it if it's, are you going to watch, you know, you have two extra hours in the week after you do all your other stuff, and then it gets down to it, and then you're going to listen to Ariel, you're going to listen to Joe Rogan, listen to Lesbo and the Bean, listen to Fighter and the Kid, or are you going to watch The Tough House? And frankly, my wife's not going to let me sit down and watch The Tough House. Maybe this would have been one I could get her interested in. It was very uneventful from everything that I gathered as well. We weren't the only ones that were struggling to stay up with all of the current 
house shit that went down. Moving on, though, we had Dobson defeating Beck TKO round two. Dobson striking is looking good. She's an athlete. I think to a lot of people, Dobson's going to actually give a lot of striking, but that's nothing new. Dobson's always been a powerhouse. Anything there? Nope. Then we had Rachel <laughs> Ostvik defeating Giovanna via submission round one, another armbar. Told you, Ostvik actually has, she's out of that Hawaiian training camp. She actually has good ground skills. Her striking very underdeveloped, but the looks make up for all of that. So moving on to the next fight. We had one of the biggest upset comebacks of the year. Ryan James hanging on by a thread. Andrew Sanchez, minus 400 favorite, maybe even that 500 range. And Ryan James's toughness came through. Did, he, did you end up picking him? I didn't at the end. I ended up going with Sanchez. I just went, I hemmed and hawed on air. I, I feel like I said, Ryan Everything. James is the guy that gets beat down and so always comes back. Yeah. Him and all of it. I just didn't end up. Maybe I went with the bean on that pick. Sanchez oh, got no gas. <laughs> You're like, don't try to put it on dirty, me. Dirty old Sanchez has a rough gas tank. Chin also is lacking. I mean, it's he won the t tough show with his wrestling. Brian James is almost the male version of Leslie Smith. Oh, it's just man. this he tough grinder. Any other ref would have stopped that in that first round. Yeah. The way that James had limped around there for a bit. But all... Credit goes to Ryan James. Not many people would have stuck around. A lot of people would have been like, all right, he knocked me out. James stayed in there, came back, and uh, Sanchez punched himself out in the first round. Sanchez has been doing that his entire career. I don't like either of these fighters moving forward, honestly. I think other guys could keep that up going against James and keep the pressure on into the second and third Neither round. Neither of them will be making a run at a title anytime soon. Right, right, right. So that actually, though, was one of the funner nights fights of the night. A lot of people... Forgetting about that because 218 was so eventful. Moving on, though, we had De La Rosa beating Marks via submission round one in two minutes. They're all, the, both of these ladies are going to fight people. Nothing changes here for me. Rosa didn't look like too much of a killer either. Is it just, is it just the picture or is Christina Marks really cute? I think she's cute. No, I thought she looked, she's cute. Uh, I don't even remember in the her at all in the ring, but I think she has cute dimples and I think I like her style. They're... I yeah, like that, I like that color girl. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next fight, we had Brett Johns defeating Joe Soto. This was my pick of the sneaky dog that was going to end up getting you a bunch of money. And this was a big old flop. Submission round one for me. Joe Soto got demolished via the second only knee bar. It wasn't no, a knee bar. Shin. Yeah, it was um, calf slicer. Calf slicer. Calf slicer. The second only ever... Charles Oliveira pulling off the first ever, and Brett Johns rolled from it from a back, from a grappling some position, and Joe Soto having a lot of credentials. That's a big move for Brett Johns. Hey, people are looking. A lot of people have been hyping Brett Johns for a long time, and I haven't really bought it, but this Soto win I do think is very credible. I was hyping Brett Johns. I liked him a lot. I do am not a huge fan of Joe Soto at all. I think he's a fade all day. Moving on to the next fight, we had Bennett versus Fabiana. This ended up being a draw, a snoozer of a fight. I don't remember it at all. Exactly, because it was a draw. So moving on to the next fight, we had Gerald Merchart defeating Eric Spicely, TKO round two. Spicely's chin, I mean, he has a good chin. He just has very limited head movement. His grappling is where he really tends to shine, but head he movement. got out grappled here. Head movement. He got out grappled, but it was after he was hurt more than anything. 
Um, Merch aren't someone to look out for. Spicy I kind of feel so the other. I feel a little differently. I think Spicely is such a wash that Mearshart be careful of a hype train building behind him. I think that's wise. I think that's wise. He is, but he is training, I think, with Duke Rufus. I think he's been in Chicago with the Pettis guys for a little bit, which I didn't really know beforehand. Moving on to the next fight, we had Lauren Murphy defeating Barb Honchak in a three-round decision. This was a short-notice replacement because Honchak was going to be one of the other ladies' opponents, and Murphy came in last second. Either way, had Murphy decision on this due to the experience, Honchak being a little bit older as well. Both of these fighters don't have that third and fourth gear to me, and I think there's money to be made if they're both keep fighting in the UFC. But against each other, this could have been a draw at times. Murphy's wrestling took over. Meh. I kind of feel like Murphy for this division will be a, the gatekeeper over the next two to three years. That you have to beat Murphy before you get into the top ten. Right, but Murphy's not going to make any title no, run soon. No, yep. you're right on that, sir. <laughs> Moving on to the next fight. But I don't know where the title in this division stands. It depends who they give it to. It depends how quickly they feed these girls to the... Um, the main event yeah. is going to get us right there. But uh, before that, we had the co-main event with Sean O'Malley defeating Terry and Tupperware in a three-round decision. This actually was a bit of a gut check for O'Malley. He was a big favorite of the night. Was supposed to walk right through Terry and Ware, and Terry and Ware really stayed in it. Took some disgustingly hard shots, but was able to keep his composure and move forward and have actually very clean striking that put O'Malley in bad spots at time. O'Malley's gas tank is something that is very, very intimidating and scary. I think against a really good wrestler, O'Malley's going to not be able to strike at all because the wrestler is going to keep him on the ground. I'm interested in how hard this cut is for O'Malley. I don't like his build for the division still, even when I was watching him in the octagon the whole time. He just looks a little thin for me, and I wonder what the power difference would be of him moving up or the comfort in his body or how much strength he has right at that last you know, 15 minutes when it's go time in the octagon. I would be interested almost in him moving up. I like Terry and Ware for the division, and I think he can, I think he'll do nothing but grow from this fight. I do agree with you about O'Malley's gas tank, but he actually excited me more in the fight. He built a little hype train in my mind for Terry and Ware, even though he lost this. I um, will definitely pay more attention to him going forward. I know he's one of your favorites. You've kind of been touting off about him. Who, where? Yeah. Yeah, I think he really proved. Yeah, I think that, yeah, as we were saying, someone to look for, it is, he's coming off of a, he's lost his two only fights in the UFC. He may be getting cut soon. He might get one more chance. They have been giving some of these fighters a little bit longer leash than they used to. And I think that a lot of people do res- are respecting the fact that where did go to decision and he never was out of that fight at any point in time. It wasn't an oversighted And if DJ or yeah, Demetrius Johnson moves out of this division, there is some fresh young talent coming up. I'm really interested in a lot of it. This is TJ Dillashaw's division right now. 135. Yeah, TJ. And Max is 145. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oof. It's a rough but TJ's trying to go down. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting division. Right it's an interesting yeah. division, but I see Mally also growing. I see him being I see both guys. I like both these guys going forward. I'm interested yep. in both their careers, I agree with and them. I think it definitely freshens up this division a little bit. I think they're at a gridlock at the top of it. 
Totally agree. Well, not 135. I'm thinking of 125. <laughs> 125 has a gridlock at the top. Yeah, 135 no. is this fresh it's division, fluid. and I'm really interested. You have a lot of interesting styles in it, and I like that there's the power um, striker building in this division, you yeah. know, as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I feel like <laughs> I'm excited for both these guys going forward, even at the Lost and Terry and where. Moving on to the main event, we yeah, ended up having the, the step in that, <laughs> that almost went a whole 10 minutes. <laughs> Shit. I thought we banged those up. Uh, so moving on to the main event again. We I was just talking about the O'Malley, Terry, and Ware. That was tedious <laughs> for me. <laughs> Everything else we move right through. <laughs> we Yeah, it's been a heavy-duty fight goings on. And, uh, hey, we get in there. We get in there. So... Monteferi stepping in short notice because of kidney failure in the opponent that actually won the position there. And we have the first ever Navajo champion, Nico Montano, Montano beating Monteferi in their five-round decision. What I really love about Roxanne Monteferi is that she is... Be, those do the own beat of her own drum. She has very physical, very physically limited attributes, but she works with what she has very well. And if she has to take a shot, she's not worried about it. Love her mentality. But if I were to say, you want to watch elite fighting, go watch Roxanne Monteferi, yeah, that's not going to happen. And I love everything about her because I'm a hardcore, but I think that at times she can have a bit of a negative point of view like if you were to tell a young girl like hey you want to be a fighter go watch Roxanne break her technique down but as they can then see the case that you can make uh sure story for her for with tenacity like look at her she has no gifts no physical attributes and she's beating women that are way better than her just because she pushes forward Do and you wears you down Roxanne could move down 10 pounds no she said it herself that she was actually at, I think, fighting at 115, but she couldn't make it. And then 135 was way too big, so 125 has always mm. been her natural home. Yeah. And she's not that big of a person. She doesn't have too much definition on her. She is a fun character. Nobody else is like her. She definitely is the fighter that I send with Demetrius Johnson to Comic-Con and set up my little UFC booth huh, to build She'll talk fans. for days. And I bet you she knows everything about Star Wars. The girl knows everything about Lord of the Rings. Like, yep. homegirl is geeky and nerdy in all the right ways as far as I'm concerned. She is also her technique is very fundamental like it's all seems like 101 stuff to me about her going forward she also might be another gatekeeper of the division the fight was what i'll say about it the fight is both women left everything in the octagon and i appreciate that and I appreciate um, the first Native American champion. I think that's just very cool that every, it doesn't matter your walk of life, that fighting is something that all cultures kind of grow up with that, you know, need to be the champion. And that's kind of cool. I like it. At so, least that's a good story to start out with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to say about, I mean, yeah, both women really left it out there. Did you know that saying off the reservation is actually frowned upon now? 
he's off the reservation, as in he's loony or crazy because it is I'm, negative. It makes really sense, make right? Sense. It makes sense, but I didn't realize that until I would somebody never made a point call for someone off the reservation. Neither though. would it seems I. Like a hillbilly. But thing. I grew up hearing it. I know people that have said that multiple times, and just very common conversation like they're not even out outwardly trying to be racist and it was just kind of like a saying so i i don't use it but i can totally see where people come from with that so interesting what the so dynamic they're going to use with the her. sharpest pencil in the box that's a good one there's many <laughs> there's many substitutes many many substitutes what would be another one <laughs> uh, sharpest tool in the shed, not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> not the sharpest tool. It's always about sharp. Yeah, exactly. Sharp. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What would be some other one? I put it out there uh, for people. That guy's light bulb doesn't shine so bright. Not the brightest candle. Exactly. We could go for days. You want to get in a riddle? Riddle me this. I don't know a real word. <laughs> Punch drunk. Is that negative? Could people get upset because if you said punch room because that is who fighters demeaning towards the fighters and they're like I ain't punch room yeah but all kinds of people walks racist sexist or fighters so that therefore it can't be any kind of ism I think it'd be like a professionalism (laughs) of some sort (laughs) anyways we're definitely that is how that's that excitement that you just got there that little uh, educational moment brought to you by LATV. Was as bad of exciting for me as the ultimate. All the time, the whole time I was watching the Ultimate yep. Fighter twenty six, I was only thinking about UFC two eighteen. Two eighteen. It sounds like we've definitely treaded across thin ice over there. So we're gonna move on. To- I know. I need to even remember this second on the podcast. Like at uh, you know seventeen and a half minutes in fast forward to if you just want to get to the meat and potatoes <laughs> yeah. all the wambles UFC 218 in Chicago Motown. No. whoa Detroit Detroit whoa why am I thinking uh, I that mean, is it, blasphemy that is blasphemy I apologize it's still uh, Motown is it not yeah Motown okay. Detroit so Rock City I was thinking, why am I getting Kid Rock mixed up? Kid Rock's out of there, right? Yeah. He wasn't at the he wasn't at the UFC fights, Motro. Why was the Kid Rock there? I didn't see no good ass celebrities. Eminem wasn't there. Somebody Aretha was... Franklin wasn't there. There's a lot of people that come up out of Detroit, out of Michigan. Right. That's what I was thinking. So I know that there was some columnists that made a big stink because he was saying that no recognizable people were at the fight. So why should anybody care? And only the fight community cares. And that guy's an asshole. <laughs> it was like for USA Today or some bullshit. Um, either way, I thought the show was one. We had two contenders for fight of the year on it. If not the the number one up there. But we're getting close to the end of the year. So I see how people are really looking forward to saying that. But I think so. From I, the bottom up, yeah. we can get there. We ended up having Willis TKOing. Who's his tits over here? Chowda? I don't know. I'm still trying to pull up my... my <laughs> yeah, Alan Crowder by Justin Willis, Crowder, TKO. Louder with Crowder. Crowder ended up weighing in around that 240 range. Willis, I remember you specifically saying, wow, that guy moved really, really well for as big as he is. He was really light on his feet. Had an okay gas tank. Re- really did move well. Had good punches, good power. How'd just you in for the whole night? I ended up getting... How many right here? 
I think I only had, come on. I only had four wrong the entire night. No, five wrong out of, I went eight and 13. I went 10 of 13. Woo, damn. Had a shitty night on DraftKings. Me too. Pick the wrong ones. I got the wrong one. Me too, but we're getting there. So like, either way. I didn't put Justin Willis on anything. I put him on a few and he really paid out. He had over 100. He just outsized his opponent by a lot. He had great technique um, yep. and he moved like a freaking welterweight in there. He really did. I was did. so impressed. And that guy, there. and I don't know if it's better for him, if the size actually makes him a little harder to move around in there, but he could easily go down. But he has weighed in at over 300 pounds. He's a big man. He naturally is a big guy. And he is one of those guys that also started doing the athletic stuff just to keep the weight off. And I then like he's like, him. Oh, I'm a fighter. I like him as a personality. He was fun to watch in the ring. 100%. He did not make for a boring fight. I am a fan of Justin Willis. And it's um, he's one of the fighters on this card that kind of takes a hit because of how exciting this card was that people don't remember this fight at all. It was so early. So, so worthy. So, Big Pretty. I'm a huge fan. Remind me of that, because I might forget later. <laughs> You'll be like, no, you're a fan of Big Pretty. Remember <laughs> when you beat Justin Willis? And I'll be like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah. So, moving on to the next fight, we had Reyes versus Kinball. And this was a TKO round one. Reyes is really proved that he's a young and up-and-coming prospect. Guess what? The wage gauge really didn't come through this week, unfortunately. Ooh, it looked like Ooh. it was going to for the first 60 seconds, two minutes of the Kimball fight. did exactly what I would have wanted a fighter to do against Reyes, is put tons of pressure on him and wear him down because those really fast strikes don't come later on. But what Reyes proved is that his striking is up to par and his ground IQ is top-notch. He has really good control his spatial awareness in there, his size, he just looks like a light. He looks like a lightweight at light heavyweight. He's definitely a fun, 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 fun addition to that. I'm I'm getting turned. I think Kimball's hopefully keeps his job, but I think there's sneaky plays for Kimball. A lesser fighter is going to end up not doing so good against Kimball. I agree with you there. They're going to still try to feed Kimball out and fill up a card and let him just, oh, we'll give him to one of our up-and-comers and let him get knocked out fast. I agree with you. I still don't see him as a guy that's super weak. He was rugged in there as fuck. Did those elbows he took to the top of his head It was not an insane. easy fight. Um, he almost got choked out, and I couldn't believe that he didn't, and he pulled out of that choke the you know in the first a round. A few times, yeah. Uh, the thing I'll also say, like Willis, Dominic Reyes, is it Reyes? Reyes, um, yeah. He is not being talked about enough, and he's amazing. The kid is amazing. I think he is definitely a hot prospect, to, one to watch. Oh, and, yeah. But that being said, um, when it comes back up again and he gets on a bigger fight, everyone's going to remember he's one to watch. I don't think there's any money to be made on Reyes going forward. He's not a sneaky play anywhere. Yeah, I think he's going to be overpriced because he was 9-4 already on DK against it. He's already been the most expensive in DK. Once they put those numbers on you, they don't really back off too, too much. So I had Kimball on too many of my drafts. Me too. Me too. That wager gauger has come through every other week and it really let me down a lot. Sorry. <laughs> really guys. badly. But it was seven points. It wasn't zero like a couple other fights that I ended up having. So moving on to the next 
fight, we ended up having Al-Hassan beat Hamasi in a first-round TKO. This was the beginning of Herb Dean's shit night of calls. Very bad placement by Herb Dean. He has this every once in a while. I really don't like to talk crap on too many of the refs, but Herb Dean can go good for a couple months, and then he fucking ruins an entire night of bets. Entire I night of bets. disagree with that Herb Dean goes good for a few months. He is a guy that if you had a point system to get to this top echelon, I don't know how they run baseball and football and all of this, um, but if you were, if they somehow based on your bad calls and good calls and it all ran on some sort of point system and the top echelon of that point system made it to this level of cards, Herb Dean would not be on it. He is not great. He's not great. He ruins so many, so many fights for me. And I know everyone likes him as a personality, but come on. It's not safe for the fighters at this point. Oh, goddamn Herb Dean. <laughs> goddamn Herb Dean. That, I had Al-Hassan in that fight, and... I think he blew his entire wad. He was so... The first thing Al-Hassan did when they finally called it, he went and laid down in the ring and took humongous breaths. You could see that all that power and muscle drains very, very, very quickly. And I, there is fighters that can't take that. Hamasi essentially took that, that barrage. And go from what we just saw from Ryan James, once you gas, it, the fight changes. So... I think they need to potentially even run that one back. I could see Hamasi putting in a petition, even though it never, ever turns around. Sometimes they do. That, I don't think they'll it. run it back. I think they'll um, move Al-Hassan on and give him, they'll try to build some steam behind him. Right. But I do think there'll be money to be made on Hamasi later on. It's a bummer that it went down this way for him because he took such a long layoff before this fight, and it sucks to get back in there and it go down like this. I don't know how much longer he would have made it past that point right. that it was called. I know, like, I think it was an inevitable. Right. I, you know, he ever, he, I, do what was an early call? Yes. Was he going for a takedown? Yes. Would he have gotten pelted with 20 more punches while he was trying that? If the fight wasn't being called right then, probably. Mm -hmm. um, I had Al-Hassan to KO round one. I still think it was an early call. I hope they give Hamasi another chance to fight. I do think he'll be worth money. And I agree with everything you said about Al-Hassan's gas tank. And I actually think there'll be money to be made on him going forward if we find the right chin. And we are whoever he's fighting against. Right. Moving on, we had Amanda Baby Pooper versus Angela Magana in a... Was it a three-round decision, or did this finish KO out? KO round two. KO round two. This was a lopsided fight. That 9-1 ended up paying off for Bobby Cooper. I didn't end up placing her on much, and I saw her on some of those winning year cards of the night. Magana, you gotta get on out of here. Six-fight losing streak. Get out of here. Get out of here. Time to go. Yeah, I'm done with Magana. I'm done with the story. There's no story there. She's just Nothing. hated. There's yep. no story there. Yep. She's not... You have to be... If you want a Colby Covington where you're going to be the heel, you still have to be a good fighter. And that's what he is. Right. Is he number three? No. And that's for different talks for different days. But her, she is... It's disgraceful to the other woman at this level that she's in the division. I agree. She's holding up a spot for somebody that deserves it. Yeah, there's three, five women maybe 10 and in Invicta that deserve that spot over her. Agreed. And I'd like 
Bobby Cooper. I thought that she actually did look good as much as Magana looks bad. And Cooper, I think, is somebody to keep an eye out on. She's been slowly progressing. Her striking did look good. It really set up her ground game. Her ground game looked good where Magana usually holds up more of a fight. Uh, Bobby Cooper really put it on her. And I think there was a little bit of a nip slip. Just throwing that out there. You catch that? I didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually do like that in the MMA community, not everybody. It's happened a few times that we've even caught it. And I haven't retweeted it myself. Like, I don't. I've seen them, but I don't retweet it because I don't want to. It's a sport to me. So it's not. It's I think not Michelle sexual. Watterson's smart with the, ge- with the rash guard. She's All the, the way only down. woman yeah. that, I, that wear it. And Gra- I, I think Grasso in her sidekick. Yeah, Grasso wears a full one too. It's not because I would care, but why even have one second of my head have to think about it? That could cost me a punch in the face or a kick in the leg. If Maganya has anything, she's always been trying to sell sexy pics. So I'm. <laughs> she's just like, I was just waiting to get their things Twitter. <laughs> I think I'm still nervous about Bobby Cooper going against... Meganya at this level for her, ooh, you could look really good in there. Agreed. You know, it's just a really dangerous with Amanda going forward. Is she? I think she's also figuring out her stride, figuring out how to market herself, and good for her. Good for her. She's. It's almost like she's a veteran. (laughs) She's so young, but it's like she's been around. I feel like for a long time, or had her name has the right nickname that it's been in the ears of the community for a long time. So I'm looking forward to seeing her go forward. I don't think she'll ever be at a title contender in this division, but she's young enough, so we'll see. Moving on to the next fight, we had a Felice Herring defeating Courtney Casey in a mm, dirty split. Dirty split! <laughs> and it was the fight of the flip-off, so that's apparently making headlines. The, the most notable thing is both women flipping each other off via Cowboy Diaz back in the day. That's what everyone's asking. Can you come back after you go full Diaz? Oh, oh. we'll see. So, very uneventful fight. I really can't remember it. I feel like I drifted off to my phone more this fight than anywhere. It was 29-28. Felice Herring got it by the hair of her nose. They're both, they don't move anywhere. They're still going to be, they're, neither one's going towards the title. But Courtney Casey has more time to develop. So I think that's the wave you can ride a little bit longer. Herring does have a decision here. And I don't see if she's fighting at this level, her still making that contention run yet. And that's the scariest thing. I Sometimes she you. looks like a beater and this time she didn't. And we said, be careful with her for this. But... We had Herring decision. We were right on that. It was a little closer than I would have liked to see as far as her going forward. Right. A hundred percent. So moving on to the next fight, we had David Tamur defeating the Rock Close. This is what it is. I got 10 of 13 right, but the two that we talked about were Kimball and Close. And golly, we got them wrong. Man, that Close fight. It was actually booed. This ended up going to decision. There was a lot of booze in this, and a lot of people were saying when it was unfair because there were so many other fights, but they just came off of a boring fight with Casey, so they were getting a little restless with that, and I don't think they deserved it. I think this also ended up happening that... Was it Herb Dean who cautioned Timur for not engaging? 
Which was crazy. Which doesn't happen crazy. often. Doesn't happen often. Because it, it, that's what's her being... He was letting the fighters dictate the fight. Whatever they kind of said happened in the fight. He was like... if. They grab their nuts. He kicked me in the nuts, and the other fighter stopped. And then he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, let's stop this." Like, mm-hmm. no fighters keep fighting until he calls it. But he just had no control of the ring. Close. Either it's one of two things: either the hometown thing, which there's a lot of analysts and guys that I admire that say it's a lot more pressure than people think, and guys cannot pull the trigger under that kind of pressure. Sometimes mm-hmm. was it that for David Close, or was he really just outclassed by? David Timur, or Jerk Harkless, or was he really just outclassed by David Timur? I think Timur did beat him on most of it, even on the ground. Timur apparently ended up hurting his foot, he said, after the fight in the first round. He ended up kicking, and it hurt his foot. So that's why he was so limited and said he wasn't going forward. But he was throwing some spinning heel shit and doing some crazy-ass shit in there that I will... I didn't notice he had a broken foot initially. He put on a good game face for that. So Close couldn't keep him down at all. He had nope. great takedown defense. Yep. Like when he did get taken down, he was right back up, right back up. I was impressed. Yep, yep, yep. I still think that Close is a tough fight for a lot of people. Timur is someone to keep an eye out for. David Timur is... And he's not going to have any more exciting fights going forward. It's the style of fighter that he is is so defensive. And seeing this fight brought it out to me. Uh Like, he will never be somebody we remember as being this great until he gets to that top echelon of guys. But he has all the skill set for it. I do think David Timur is one to look out for. And his kid brother. I'm not so sure about close. He Something... He might be good all with wrestling and all that, but he it didn't really show in this fight. Okay, striking, garbage. I do think that you, I was going to say, with close, his striking didn't look as cleaned up. He needs to get a little bit of different change up. He is very wrestling-centric, but he just learned in this fight. When he can't use his wrestling, what's he left with? Garbage striking. Hopefully he learns from that and comes back and really gets his boxing, boxing together because athletically, he has... Every attribute to be able to be a good striker. He's he's tight, vicious. It's just really honing that in. And um, he was outclassed. It was well said before. Moving on to fight of the year contender. We had Yancy Medeiros defeating Alex Oliveira in the third round. TKO. Yancy, Yancy Medeiros' chin keeps being questioned, but that was at 155 pounds. 170 is doing a whole lot better for Yancy Medeiros. He hurt, actually, Oliveira first by breaking his nose, and then I believe Oliveira caught Yancy, and Yancy was on wobbly legs for a little while, and Oliveira put a 20-punch combination on him. They did that for pretty much, after the first round, how broken was Oliveira's nose. It was insane. Was it the first round, right? First, first punch, like it, first two punches. Within the first minute exchange, yeah, we can say first exchange of the fight. That nose was he was Splat. breathing in his ear. Yep, breathing out of his ear. <laughs> yep, yep. And yep, he yep. couldn't breathe at all. And I even feel like we said it. He's gonna be dirty from weigh-ins. 
all the way through. <laughs> and right afterward, there he maybe took a knee to the gut or something of the nature and was like, oh, I got hit in the dick and just stopped fighting. <laughs> Taking and, a breath. Yeah. Told, and they were like, what? No, he got hit in the knee. And he was like, okay, let's fight. Let's yeah, fight. exactly. I took he a breath. He didn't even want him to start the replay. But anymore. still, it was so fucking amazing of a fight that I'm like, let him, let him take a breath. Let no, him take a breath. No, it's perfect cowboy Oliveira. It was perfect cowboy. I wanted that in it, too. Yeah. Um, it's so respectable and it's so if like if that first shot didn't go off like that would Yancey have been able to deal with the storm that Cowboy still laid on him throughout that fight yeah because and it was never Cowboy was amazing Cowboy just in the loss yeah. in the loss what a soldier he's still he's one of my favorite fighters he's moving up to one of my favorite fighters he's the unsung hero of so many fight cards yeah. He has so many great... When's he in a boring fight? I love that he won fight of the night with somebody else. They gave it... They awarded it to two fights. This fight for performance of the night and then two other fighters. I think it might have been the main event, if not co-main event. Yancey, it's exciting for me um, that he could be a success... That he can do this with Hawaii. I think him with Max... With um, Ozovich. Connor is talking about Max again, Blah. you know. But if Blah. if we could get a Hawaiian card, that's that would cool. be dope. That that's would be cool. dope. And they have these Hawaiian stars coming up, and I do like Medeiros a lot. I like both these guys. What a great fight! This I liked this better than Cub versus Choi. Um, and that fight was amazing to me. This because it went so much. Well, that one went to decision too. So. This one didn't go to decision. No, this went into right into the right into the third round. But with what we were saying, what I think is so interesting, what I was really amazed by, where Oliveira is always a sneaky threat, even when he's hurt, is that even as he, if he's absolutely hurt, he's like a rattlesnake where he'll coil back all of a sudden and not unleash a two strike combination, which is what most people do when they're hurt. He unleashes a five punch combination and he hit. Yancey in the first and second round with that and in the third round that wasn't working because Yancey was like he's about to blitz me and he'd back off way beforehand but a lot of other people are going to be susceptible to that and the rattlesnake is a very good analogy because he comes forward the entire time yeah that for five like, punch eight punch combination yep. too it's just very spring and you almost watch him take a little bit take a, a little, little step bit, back take yep. a little bit take a little bit and then boom 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 across boom. the, and the other guys up against the fence and in that eight punch blitz he catches him with a knee and two punches and it's Crazy. Yep. Crazy. Yep. 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 So money to be made on both, both of those guys tournaments. Look yep. better at one seventy. Oh, by far. Yeah. Both guys. I like both guys here. I'm excited for this. I- I'm excited to see it again. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm interested in it. I think Yancey obviously moves on, but Oliveira will be the forever very dangerous high level gatekeeper. Agreed. Moving on to the next fight. We had Paul Felder defeating Charles Oliveira, TKO ground and pound, four minutes into the second round. Quit city kid, quit, quit city kid, quit city kid, quit, quit city. We were a hundred percent, and I should have put Felder on more cards. And Paul Felder went right to the ground, right where I was scared the whole time, just like, what are you doing, Paul Felder? This is where you're going to get eaten alive. But Paul Felder knew that he was more than capable enough of just really neutralizing a lot of position with strikes and overwhelming with strikes. And 
we saw the Quid City come out in Charles Oliveira. Forever a gatekeeper, if not potentially. He's an exciting loser as much as he is a winner. So he, I think, perennially will have a job. But I don't even know if gatekeeper is a title for him. I agree with you. And where does he really go from here? He has a soft body, a soft mind. I think we said all this in yep, the breakdown. 100%. And so if he can't go up and wait with that, he can't go against heavier punchers. And he can't go down and wait because he's as scrawny as he gets. So I think he's just a slow fade out of guys that are going to figure out this style as the sport grows right i don't think you can be a one i think maya is the last of the one trick pony even though i agree with you that yep. you gotta dance with the girl that got you there and i all that analogy of it i i, I think this just one but he is and his muay thai is Oliveira's muay thai is really really good he just like can't take a punch striking. he just can't take a punch because I think he's super dangerous on the ground but no. he just cannot take any oh, hits I thought he has some beautiful knees but he doesn't use them as much as he should there's just so much potential with Oliveira but it might potentially be time for him to move on and get on out of here Paul Felder however and doing the announcing, usually we don't see the guys keep progressing forward. Uh, I like everywhere he's going. Oh, I fucking love it. Like, hey, can you know that one stock market for uh, famous people you're putting on? I think chips go in on Paul Felder. Put, get, buy money on Felder. He's going to transcend other stuff, too. He's going to get other gigs eventually from this. And He's a guy with, that could go Fox, ESPN. He could take you know, UFC to that level of talk the, the way we see the boxing announcers move right. forward i mean we're watching the guys do it now but i think he's a guy that can go a little more mainstream I, and I, be a professional fighter who's legit and be a professional fight and just growing leaps and bounds has the right face for it um gathering the right skill set where does paul felder go from here poirier i would love that fight but that's yeah this was that would be a f amazing fight I would love, love that fight. Poirier's call it wanting Alvarez. The, because that rematch with the way that it ended. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't know if I want to see that again. I love the Poirier at 155 for Felder. There's so many people. Tamura Felder wouldn't be a bad one either. Like, that'd be that, a big, that would be a nice big step fight. up, but it's a step down for Felder at that point. Yeah. So... Interesting, interesting where it goes. A the lot of options. at 155. Uh-huh. Moving on to the next fight, we had Tisha Torres winning a unanimous decision over Michelle Waterson. Had Torres all over my card. She ended up scoring fairly well. I don't think it was out of the water, but I didn't put too, too much faith that she would end up getting a finish. Waterson looked serviceable, but serviceable, it isn't cutting it. She's on a... You can see who she can beat and who she can't, and there's a lot of people she cannot beat in this division. The thing I like about Michelle Watterson in this fight, the toughest she's ever looked out there. And I know tough I is a word that a lot of uh, fight analysts and fans don't really like to use when talking about fighters, but tough would have never been in the top 20 words you'd used to describe Watterson before. And it, Tisha put some hurting on her at some point, and I was actually impressed that she didn't quit. So that means to me that... She's at least advancing, and a lot of these other girls won't be able to take what Michelle Watterson's skills still are. So, I don't know. I like them both going forward from here a little bit. I think they're both names in the division. WIMG has too much of a vented interest. 
in Watterson. So Watterson can be on a 3-5 losing streak and you're still going to see her on posters. She's very sellable. Moving on to the Karate next... Hati. Moving on to the next fight, we have Eddie Alvarez, also in a contender for potential fight of the year. Did you see Brian Callen talk shit about Tisha Torres and say that he thinks she's juiced up? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people, but look at Tisha Torres as a kid. She's naturally been a very muscular person I, her whole life. She's the like tied for the most tested fighter in UFC. Oh, I did not know or that. something crazy I like believe, that. yeah, she's so, next. Don't talk shit about her. That's just how she's built. Right? Just because we aren't, don't have that. <laughs> we can't all be Naganus. Right, right, right. There's plenty of us that are the fat, what overweight. What about this lesbo in the bean shirt? What's up, my Naganu? Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So moving on, we had another fight of the night contender. Eddie Alvarez defeating Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje gets his first loss of his career. Just like he said, I know I'm going to probably get finished out here one day. And guess what? Today passed. That day has passed. Knee on the third round. I mean, he... Eddie Alvarez didn't just get that knee in the first round. That was three-round beating he took in order to broken get that jaw. knee. It wasn't broken. He it just wasn't? had tissue. It was soft tissue damage, but it Ooh. wasn't. Yeah, right? Uh, leg. Those He had to eat a lot of leg kicks. Gagey wasn't letting... Was letting loose on the leg kicks and actually slowed down a lot. I wonder something if he happened himself. to Justin. I will. Oh, I'm so interested. Something happened to Justin that he got really hurt. He broke a hand, foot. Something. something that's what I think round. too. He, he was not right, and it was from something Eddie did with a combination of something Justin didn't do. I don't know what happened in the first minute or two of the fight, but Justin just was not right for the rest of the fight. Um, I know Eddie has this win, and it's all huge, and I jumped on the Justin Gaethje train, too. Something was up with Justin in this fight. Anyone that would have eaten that knee at the end of it, he still put in a battle. I still don't love Eddie going forward from here. Is that blasphemous? No, I agree. <laughs> I don't love Eddie going forward from here at all. He doesn't have too much a different style than Justin of just standing in front of somebody and taking one to get one. And that's just too dangerous. Too dangerous when you get to the top four dudes of this. They're all knockout artists at this point. Agreed. A hundred and ten And this is totally taking Notorious out of the conversation. I, I agree. I'm taking him out of it altogether. This is a Ferguson. Uh, at Ferguson, yeah. if other people, because I don't want to disgrace other fans' opinions, so if the, other people want to be bring Khabib into it, okay, let's bring him into the conversation as well. Like, I don't, any of those top guys, and I think you kind of have to bring Poirier into it at this point. I'm Poirier Gagey. I would rather see that, I think. I know they like to do the win-loss, whatever, or two-loss, but... Gaethje's going to keep a career in here because of his fight style. So, he's 18-1. and You can still sell a lot of t-shirts at 18-1. and Moving on to the next... What do you think for Alvarez? What's his... Ah, his next fight? I mean, he doesn't really move up too much further. He's in that top five range. Who's in the top five at lightweight right now? What about Khabib Alvarez? That would be, be worth it. Yeah. That fight would also shut me up because that would be a legit fight for Khabib crawling into this top right. level as far as I know he's like a falsely ranked three 
or something right mm-hmm. now, to, as far as I'm concerned. He'd be Michael Johnson, and he just gets to sit at three for the next year and a half. Come on. Come yeah. on. So beating Eddie Alvarez would be interesting. I would be interested if Eddie would take that bite. He is a great ground game. Be interesting. It would be a fun one. I would want to watch that, but anyone right now against Khabib, and I'm in. Give me that fight. Anyone against Khabib right now? What about uh, Alvarez Khabib at... Oh, Alvarez won't be ready for hashtag UFC Orlando. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. We can move on now. Moving on to the next fight. We had Henry Cejudo defeating Baby Pettis himself in a unanimous decision. Defeating, remember the name Pettis. <laughs> <laughs> I had Baby Pettis all over my cards. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. Did go to decision, so it wasn't a complete, complete, complete flop. Pettis did land some strikes, but he was out-wrestled. This fight actually got some booze as well, and it was all due to those takedowns. But that's what I had been saying before that. Cejudo doesn't go to his wrestling in his fights. He likes to keep it standing to try to beat people, but he quickly realized that Baby Pettis was getting starting to get the better of the striking and went to his wrestling, and Baby Pettis has a lot of room to grow. Both of these fighters have a lot of room to grow. Just, Money to be I, made I, on Baby Pettis. I felt Pettis. like Cejudo was winning everywhere. Yeah. Well, I think, no, everywhere. I don't think the striking... Even on the feet to me. I think he wrapped him up, was winning on the ground. He looked like... Uh, Baby DC, just grind, take down, grind, take down, grind, take down, grind. Yep, yep, one, yep, yep. Everyone. Wrestling one hundred and one. Yeah. I don't know what the scorecards were, but I bet they were like thirty twenty seven. I think it was thirty twenty seven. Yep, 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 yep. I like Cejudo, but this it's that bottleneck division. The only fight I want to see the champion fight is the guy that moving down. Right. <laughs> it's exactly. DJ. I don't care what you do with anyone else. Just don't, please. I don't want anyone talking about Demetrius anymore. I actually love that Cejudo talked about both the guys that should be fighting. He didn't really... He called kind of both of them out. I would love to welcome TJ to the division, and of course I'd love Demetrius again. Right. Because he's essentially fighting that's for the pretty belt. That's a smart guy. Pretty, yeah. That's a smart move. It's intelligent it's the way that he's going. No one remembers this fight because... And I'll just have one question because I know we're moving on. Mm-hmm. The question... That I'd like to hinch, hitch up your little subway car with. Are you on board? Cejudo? No. No. We're moving on. Oh. Screw, screw Cejudo. Who even cares about that fight? Uh, moving on. Are you on board? I was on. I was a Ninaganu hyper for the longest time. And guess what? Alistair Overham didn't go for no goddamn kickdowns. Like yes, I he said, did. He tried and tried and tried. He looked like a baby. He, yeah, he, he was getting the exact same way if I tried to take you down. Oh, right he now. was getting just yeah. Naganu is next title contender. That's obvious. I don't know how Alistair Overeem's head stayed on his body. He was a Pez dispenser. Yeah, it was unreal of an uppercut. Naganu moves like a hundred eighty-five. And I've heard a lot more people saying Nganu. Weren't we saying Naganu? Um, I'm okay with Nganu, Naganu. I'm not okay with Gano. Gano, okay. That's the one. <laughs> Nganu or en- Naganu, either way. That's, okay. I mean, whether you're English or using the Queen's English or whatever. So... But Gano, no. It's Gano, no. <laughs> it's Naganu. Naganu or Nganu, but I like Naganu would be to me. It flows. It's 
Inganu is how would be if I said a Spanish word compared to you. Like if I say agua. Right. That would be saying Inganu is how I say agua. How do you say agua? Agua. <laughs> but, but you say agua. Right. Like you have a nice little different to me, tone. That's saying like <laughs> Naganu. Yeah, okay. I totally <laughs> you know get what it. I mean? Yep. The more you know. Bing. So. What is there to say? Of course, he's getting Nagano's getting the title shot. Overeem, step away. We've been saying that for years. He can beat a lot of people, but does he really need to take that type of damage? How? What I really didn't like in this fight, I love the killer instinct of the Predator and everything, but that second shot didn't need to happen. There, that second shot on the ground did not need to happen. You're he in kill mode. They asked him about it afterward, and he says he did not remember it. Yeah, like yeah. He in- no, it's in the heat of the moment. I totally agree. Hopefully, may oh. but then I don't want to limit a fighter so that he doesn't do something. So he ever pulls a punch, he should want to always not worry about the bell even or the ref even gets in the way. <laughs> I would love Alistair to step away at this point, but look at this bullshit division and these every single guy yeah. in this division once they get to the like eight and below should uh-huh. probably leave the sport. All those guys down there, and Alistair's better than Arlovsky. Alistair's still, if he stepped over right now in that Champions Tournament in Bellator, he'd probably he win. win. It. Yeah, he'd win it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But maybe, though, that chin, though. Like, it's barely hanging on by a thread right now. How many vertebrae are shot in his neck? This is what I think he should do. Take a year off and do, he should be the bad guy in the next Expendables. Yeah. Don't you, he has the look, the face, the presence. Take a year off. Do that. You obviously don't lose any of your skill set. You You fought more than almost any other person, and everyone right. would always like to see Alistair in the ring. And I almost feel like for the UFC, as a fan and friend of Alistair, let him go to Bellator so he can juice up and be Uberim, at least for, like, the last two years of his career. Yeah. Now, on to the Predator, which there's been a lot of talks that that's a dumb nickname for him. It was because of his hair, and he, he used would to look like the predator. And he would also come out in a helmet if he could, but they don't allow it. Once that Reebok deals up, crazy mask, Apollo Creed's everywhere. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I can't. I not can't wait. wait. How long do we wait. have on People that? People are gonna be. We, that's what we need on our wall: an end of Reebok counter. <laughs> we just have to the days counting down and we won't ever say it or have a sign on it it'll just be for fans that follow and really know we'll say it like the first day that we put it up you'll have to listen back check out episode number blankety blank with our counter for the youtube channel oh which by the way like and subscribe on the youtube and the twitter and the facebook and the itunes and the soundcloud and the podbean and the everywhere let's go and bean is Free. Was that Tegan and Sarah in the room? Did that, that, is that Tegan and Sarah? Did I just walk in? <laughs> Moving on. No, wait. We can't move on. Okay. We can't move on yet. So, the Predator, he obviously fights Steve Bay next. Of course. And yeah, Dana That's said it, it himself. He said yeah, it but himself. that makes me worried. Yeah, right. Uh, how good and is that And would you work? want him to fight Steve Bay next, or would you rather see him fight... Verdum next or Kane. I love either of those fights. Exactly. I don't mind any fight for Nidganu right now. I feel like we only can guarantee if Kane's coming back, we can only for sure get one more fight out of Kane. If we're lucky, we might get two. Um, He's just so injured all the time. If we're lucky, Nidganu has no injuries, which he said he didn't. 
and we see him in February in Orlando at the Amway Center. Oh so my god! Main eventing fight think night about that. just to get it up there. It doesn't have to be a. It could be Kane Velasquez versus Nagano. It could be any of those. I have this. Could we have a baby version of? What I think they need to do around Naganu and do around who I'm so ready to move into the spot, Kamaru Usman, into our ride or die position over game bread. But with Francis and with Kamaru Usman, and they're, where they're from in the continent of Africa is right next to each other. Yeah. Out of the whole continent of Africa, they are from so. two places right next to each other. UFC hasn't Africa yet. How amazing to have this guy walk the streets in the promos like Ali. Kamaru Usman walk the street. How big is that for the people over there? Mm -hmm. The Nigerian nightmare and this guy from Cameroon. That's fucking awesome. So, Florida, Orlando, that's a miniature African card. You can kind of see what the viewers will be on the card. Because I would love to see Kamaru Usman on there as well. Maybe versus Colby Covington. Is that too big of a card for not pay-per-view? Are we building too big of a card? I think it might be a fight night card. It is just a fight night card. Naganu might have just hit that pay-per-view only status. I think he did actually a little while ago for a reason. So I would dream. Maybe he just makes a guest appearance. Those top four fights. Or on the Friday night, maybe because it's Orlando, would it be so cool? I would definitely make the trip for weigh-ins as well if there was also a presser that had other fighters that weren't fighting on the card. They're starting to do stuff like that in the that States. And this is the type of state to do that. So we got a fun February ahead of us. And an interesting division again. Thank you, Francis Naganu. I had no doubt. I had Naganu KO round one. I had him on every single card. Uh, and it paid off. Not for the old bean here. The old dirty old bean. I know, but then for you, or for me, no matter those next three guys that he fights, I have Francis. For you, you're like... He can't beat Kane's wrestling. No, I know. He can. He I'm pretty sure he can. Like, I'm you know, pretty sure like you're going through all of them in Pretty your head. sure he can beat a lot more. Um, he has. Even Stipe's going to have a tough time with this mofo. And Stipe's a champ, so there it is. Like, he's ready. Moving on to the main event, we had Max Holloway defeating Jose Aldo in three rounds. I ended up picking four. I think you ended up picking three. You got a perfect. I picked time. two. Oh, damn it. So we split. We had another dirty split here. And Holloway ended up getting it done in the third round. Aldo landed some good kicks. Holloway landed some good kicks. The counters were there for Holloway. It was more of the same. I think we predicted it exactly right with the way it was going to go. And getting in that third round, it's perfect. I mean, I think we, we weighed our bets Evenly, I wish I would have put money on the third round, but eh. Max looked like he was in a training camp to me. He yeah, that good. It was it was easy. He was just flicking punches out, yeah. and they eventually just started landing and hurting more and more. He did eat a f- couple hard shots, although landed very very cleanly and walked right through him. Walked right right through him. What the beautiful thing about this fight to me, not only seeing a champion defend his belt, uh, but watching. I think the acceptance of Aldo of relinquishing his crown to somebody he respects. It, it was at the end of it, it was a very touching emotional moment that they had between each other. And I think 
if I were a guy like Aldo, as prideful as him, and the whole Conor McGregor of how ugly McGregor was to him building up to the fight and then knocking him out the way he did, knocking him rematch the way he did, I think he took so much from him, this is a better way for him to walk out. It's not the loss to Conor. It's the how degraded he felt, lack of respect, and Holloway did nothing but give that respect to him the entire time and still does. And that's kind of how it should be for a champion like Jose Aldo. It should go out like that, not like a dirty eight seconds and then he's out of the sport forever and we never see him again, you know? I agree. He is fighting top, top. I mean, he's fighting for the belt again immediately. He's legend. And I love that Holloway keeps saying like, no, Aldo's still a legend. He's still one of the greatest of all times. And it's true. Aldo was a tank for so, so many years. And eras change Rookies come up, better like young champions turn into old champions, old champions retire. So it's just he, a young man, but a long career. For me, for Jose watching Aldo. Aldo like this too, because he is another guy that we also said is kind of like Khabib in ways where he does pull out of a lot of fights to take this one on a relatively short notice and show up the way he did and have the resurgence of hunger in there. He might have needed was, that though. Yeah, because I, I think he did. I think it was. It was a cool fight to me, even though it was kind of a replay. Yep. I was interested in it, even though it was so soon afterward, in a way I wasn't interested. I never had a doubt in Max. I just, I like the story in it. I'm ready to watch the Blessed Era. So Blessed, we know that Connor has been saying nice glasses and bringing all this stuff up. But uh, put up or shut up, you can't be commenting on every single fight. And not be fighting people. <laughs> did you see stupid Khabib? Um, he did an interview and he said, Tony Ferguson, how can you talk about Connor not defending his belt when you won't defend your belt against me? I didn't hear that at all. Tony can't defend the interim belt. That's the belt waiting for the fight of the championship belt. It's not a belt to defend. Right. It's, uh, I'm so sense. tired of it. It's a belt as a placeholder that, like, I'm the guy that gets the fight. So all of a sudden, our interim champions are becoming, in quotes, our real champions. And then we have this false where our real champions are becoming our pay-per-view champions for the faux fan. It's so crazy where it's like our Whitaker will be our real champion and our GSP will be our champion to bring in the Ellen fans. Our Tony Ferguson is the fan champion and Conor McGregor is our fan to bring in the Mayweather fans. You know, it's like all of a sudden we have our this two worlds building where MME world and then the hardcore real fan world. Isn't it crazy? It's absolutely (laughs) nuts. That's why either way, I don't give a fuck what Connor wants to do, but against Max Holloway at 145 or against Tony Ferguson at 155, either one, please, either fight either guy. Let's, can we move on with this? 100% agreed. Even this belt, essentially, of the 145, they yanked it from Connor. Edgar, Jose fought for it, so it was kind of this weird belt. Mm -hmm. Max came up and got the interim one, so everyone was calling him the real champion all of a sudden. He fought Jose Aldo to unify him, and now he fought Jose again to defend. That's how it fucking should be. (laughs) It's driving me crazy, this belt thing. So, remember to subscribe wherever you end up getting us. <laughs> At Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Lesbo and the Bean, put it all the way in. 
lesboandthebean.com. Talk about the bean.